Welcome to the Confessions of a Codependent podcast. I am your host, Jenny Red Pill Rage Eon. Very, very proud to be bringing you my only non-political podcast. Something a little deeper, something a little bit more meaningful, something I think we can cross party lines in terms of how many of us suffer from the terrible pain of living a life with codependency. On this podcast, we are going to be talking about everything from personality disorders, narcissistic abuse, prevention, narcissistic abuse healing, narcissistic abuse survival. We're going to be talking about dating uh, tips, toxic fawning. We're going to talk about fight, flight, fawn, or freeze responses. Things not to say to someone who is a trauma survivor. We're going to talk about PTSD. Also the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD. We're going to talk about what self-care is, and what it isn't. We are going to be covering so many incredible topics and hopefully discussing tools that can help us along our journey to become healthier, more self-loving individuals who can truly find love in this world, truly find purpose, and truly live with lion-like courage. So shout out to Codependence Anonymous. Go visit the website coda.org. Let's get started. What is up, codependents? How are you, ladies and gentlemen? So happy you're here back for another week. I'm going to try to keep this episode a little shorter. I know the lengths of my episodes are varying. I want to do, you know, short format, long format. Sometimes I talk too damn much. I try to get the point out as fast as possible because once I give birth to the thoughts in my head, then I can move on with my life. You know, some people like to journal and I have found that journaling has never helped me. But uh, podcasting has for some reason just been a different outlet for me. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I can go back and listen to it and actually hear the sound of my own voice saying things that may or may not make sense. And um, I don't know why that is. It's like I can put all of my anger into a microphone, but I can't seem to get all of my anger out on a, a piece of paper. I don't know why. That's weird, right? But whatever, who cares? This is my creative outlet and this is my therapeutic outlet. And obviously you must like it because you listening and uh, I do want to remind you guys, please, please, please leave comments, rate on I, uh, Apple Podcasts, rate on Spotify, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, okay? We have got to get this show to the top of the rankings, okay? We are growing little bit by little bit in little tiny incremental baby steps, and that's okay, but I'm glad that the show is growing and we want to keep it growing. So let's help. So please help me to help, help me to help you and help me to help others, right? Because that's part of being in a 12-step program, isn't it? Isn't that part of being in a 12-step program? Is that we, uh, we spread this message to those who are still suffering? That's kind of a directive, right? We're not supposed to keep the healing to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep the support and the nurturing to ourselves. We got to share it with others. Well, anyway... Let me move on. So today's topic, I don't have a confession for this week, but uh, 
Today's topic is why all relationships must be transactional for the codependent. Why all relationships must be transactional for the codependent. (sighs) All right, so this is a very conflicting episode to make because even in my own heart, as I was thinking about what I wanted to say, I was also thinking about what the perfect scenario is, what the scenario should be, but then what is also the reality of the scenario. So in a perfect world, and I think all of you codependents are going to agree with me, in a perfect world, We all say exactly what we're thinking, right? In a perfect world where everyone is honest and forthright and we live in a society that values integrity and truth and facts, that's kind of the world that we wish we can live in, especially if you have a borderline personality disorder because a lot of our issues And our emotional outbursts, generally speaking, have more to do with confusion than they have to do with delusion. You know, I don't think borderlines are delusional people, generally speaking. I think borderlines like myself, we're just confused. We're confused by the inequity of relationships and power dynamics. We're confused by how fake other people can be. We're confused by our own feelings. We're confused by the feelings of others. We're confused about a lot of things. And I can speak for myself that the one thing that I value more than anything else is clarity. You know, I don't mind you being a bad person as long as I know you're a bad person. I don't mind you being a piece of shit as long as you're not pretending to be amazing. I don't mind you wanting to use me for sex as long as you let me know that beforehand so that I can have, so that I can make a decision as a woman not to continue seeing you or talking to you, right? We would love for our bosses to tell us at the interview exactly why the last person left, but they, they probably won't, right? So confusion seems to affect borderlines and those of us with codependence more than uh, truth, right? I pretty much, I think that we're strong enough to handle the truth. I think that we have enough wherewithal and grit because we've been so severely abused most of our lives, we can handle the truth. We don't mind knowing that you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, we don't mind knowing that as long as we know that beforehand. As long as we know that, so we're put into a position where we can make an informed decision whether or not we want to deal with you or not, right? Okay, so so take that concept, right? Take everything I just said. Let's move that into the reality of the world, right? So there's what we want reality to be, and then there's what reality is, okay? And the reality is, unfortunately, we are now having to become experts at psychology, experts at therapy, 
experts at uh, (laughs) criminal profiling at this point, we have now had to force ourselves to learn so much fucking psychology. We have forced ourselves to learn, to, to read so many books and to consume so much content that now, unfortunately, we, na- we now need to play offense. Um, we need to come out of playing defense. Because I'm sure as a codependent, you feel like you're constantly deflecting. You're constantly deflecting red flags. You're constantly looking for red flags because you know that you have a tendency to wear rose-colored glasses. So now you got to look for those red flags because... Uh, You have to deflect them. You have to protect yourself from them. We know as codependents that the healthy mindset and the healthy interpersonal boundaries that everyone else seemed to grow up with, we don't have those. And you'll hear uh, people in therapy say this a lot. The ticker is broken. The picker is broken. The radar is broken. You'll hear a therapist say something like that. And it's true. It's true. But because we are accepting responsibility for our own futures and our own healings and our own safety, because we are now in this position of equity and power or or self-awareness and power, we have to compensate for our ticker being broken. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... um, you know, it's kind of, I hate to be vulgar here, but it's kind of like a man with a small dick, right? A man with a small dick knows that he has to compensate for his um, anatomy by being an incredible kisser and very affectionate and very good in the cunnilingus department. Am I right or am I wrong, right? Okay, there's nothing wrong with knowing what your limitations are. And I can very freely admit that I have a limitation, I have a handicapped. I have a disability. I'm almost 41 years old and I'm, I'm admitting this to myself and I'm admitting this to you in the world. I have a handicap. My picker, my ticker, my radar, it's broken. So what do I, how am I going to compensate for that? Well, by being observant by being temperate, by making sure that self-care and self-love is at the top of the priority list, by being able to analyze conversation, by being able to analyze reactions, by paying attention to patterns instead of allowing the serotonin and oxytocin that I feel for another person blind me to those patterns. Okay? Now stay with me. Stay with me. I I haven't even gotten to the topic of this episode yet. Okay? So with all that being said, the reason we now need to make sure that all of our relationships from this point forward are transactional is because we can no longer afford to give any more of ourselves away for free. We can no longer afford to give ourselves away for free. We can no longer afford to 
allow ourselves to be to allow our hearts, minds and loyalty, our love to be bought with pennies and nickels when we are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. We can no longer allow ourselves to be breadcrumbed when we are so willing to give others the entire loaf or even half or, or, or ha- let's say half the loaf to share the loaf with them, right? We can no longer afford to be Captain Save-A-Ho for you gentlemen. This is for you boys out there, you men. You can no longer afford to be Captain Save-A-Ho. That is not something, you don't have enough emotional money in your bank account anymore to give it away. Ladies, we can no longer afford to be Captain Save-A-Bro. So those really, like my last boyfriend, those really hot guys that just make you feel so good and love bomb you and give you all the attention and seem to be making all that effort in the beginning and then they just fall off when they get bored with you. We can no longer afford to be Captain Save-A-Bro. And the more women I talk to, the more I'm finding out how many of us women are spending our own money to get a man to date us. Yeah, I'm admitting it. There were, there were a lot of things that my last boyfriend did for me, but there were also a lot of things I did for him. There were a lot of things that he couldn't pay for that I did pay for, and I paid for them because I didn't want to go do those activities by myself. I needed, I wanted to share those activities with somebody else, and I loved him. So the fact that he didn't have a job in the first couple of months we were seeing each other didn't matter to me. He gave me so much quality time and, um, you know, he brought so much comfort to my life in other ways that I overlooked the fact that I'm paying, I'm paying for a meal for a grown ass man. And my daddy didn't raise me like that. I would, I didn't used to be like that. I would, I never fucking pay for a man's shit ever. I never used to pay for, for, I've never gone Dutch on a date, ever. But at, you know, 39 years old, when I met him, I was at the end of my rope. I, I wanted to settle down. I didn't care how bad it was. This is, not, this is less than a year ago. And then I relapsed and tried to get back with him again in fucking March. I have Stockholm Syndrome. I am disabled. I am a handicap. Right? Right? You are disabled. You are handicapped. That's why you're on this listening to this podcast because you know the thing that other people have to make them identify predators, pussies and parasites. We don't have that. We don't have that, ladies and gentlemen. It was beaten out of us as children. We haven't been given the tools in adulthood to fix it. And now it's, you know, now it's basically beyond repair. But do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And don't be scared. It's okay to have a handicap. It's okay to have a disability. Okay? Just like somebody with with a 
prosthetic leg could still run a marathon. Okay. There's people in wheelchairs that are still playing basketball. There's people with uh, uh, cerebral palsy that are still becoming bodybuilders. Right? We can, we can move beyond our handicap if we are given the tool to, mo- to give us the... Mo- if we are given tools to create modifications, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the new modification that you need to bring into your life. And I'm bringing it into mine. And the easiest way to start without feeling guilty is number one, you got to be in your villain era. Hopefully you are entering your villain era. We're just going to do the villain era to the end of the year. And then we're going to, then we're going to go back to being nice. Okay. You have got to learn to cut people the fuck off. Your dismissal and delete game needs to get pristine. You need to stop giving so much empathy and so much understanding and so much flexibility to those who will not extend an equal amount of empathy, flexibility, and understanding toward you. Let me say that again. You need to stop giving your empathy, flexibility, and understanding to individuals who would not give an equal amount of flexibility, empathy, and understanding to you. The one-sided relationships and friendships that you are in have to end now. One of the reasons I am speaking so passionately about this is because, as many of you know, or maybe you don't know, I was in a severe car accident in April. I could not walk for three months. It was the it was it was my rock bottom because a I realized that nobody in the world loves me or cares about me. No one would call no one knew I was in the hospital and there and when I came home my phone was dry. No one had called me. So that lets me know right here and now if I die today nobody is going to fucking care. And that's my rock bottom. But here's the good part. There's a level of freedom that comes with that. When you realize that you are nothing but dust in the wind, your people-pleasing, codependent nature will begin to crumble away if you don't allow it to make you depressed. If you allow the isolation and the reality of your life to impact you in a empowering way, then you will be stronger. If you allow it to impact you in a less, um, if you allow it to impact you in the other way, all it's going to do is push you further in your depression. I am using the fact that I am absolutely unloved in this world to make me free. And now that I'm free, what I see is that every relationship that I have, every friendship, even every conversation, it has to be transactional. If I am not getting anything out of it, 
There's no point in pouring anything into it. Now, I know as codependents, one of the things that we are learning is that we cannot control other people. We cannot get frustrated when they disappoint us. We cannot get frustrated when they don't give a shit about the things that we give a shit about. We cannot be upset when they don't want to celebrate our joys and successes with us. We, can't, we have got to stop getting upset when they cancel on us. But let me ask you this, right? Okay, so that, all of that is correct, right? We have got to let go of control. But let me ask you this. Would you have canceled on them? Would you have disappointed them? Would you have shared in enthusiastic joy when they were celebrating something that they accomplished? Because if the answer is yes, you need to step out of your fucking delusional mind. You need to step away from the, um, the crutch of believing that you are more valuable to people than you actually are. Why do you think Precious Illusions is the theme song of this podcast? Why? Why do you think I chose that one particular Alanis Morissette song to be the theme of this podcast? It is because I, I don't even want to be delusional about myself. I suffer far too much being delusional about other people. But guess what? I'm equally delusional about myself. And the precious illusions have got to stop. The reason I am telling you your relationships and every interaction you have with people needs to be transactional is because we think part of here's the problem. We love ourselves and we know what we're worth to some degree, and we think other people know us and love us the same way. That's a problem, codependence. You have got to stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that because you think you're cool and you think you're creative and you think you're beautiful and you think you're smart, that everybody else does, they don't. So when you realize that your friendship is far more rich and saturated and beautiful than their friendship. It's time for them to go. If you are the type of person who is going to go help a friend pack boxes before they move, but they're not going to help you pack boxes when you got to move, it's time for them to go. Stop giving empathy to those who are not giving empathy to you. Stop it. If you really love yourself, you are going to seek people who love you as well. If you really cherish the value of your own friendship, you are going to find people who also cherish your friendship too. And too many times as codependents, what we do is we have things in common. We seem to agree about things in terms of our morals and values. We seem to agree about things, about what we like to do, activities and hobbies. 
Perhaps we like the same music, same entertainment, same movies, same TV shows. Perhaps we like the same fashion, anime, uh, whatever it may be, right? We get so fucking attached to people because we have things in common. We get so fucking attached to people because of either having things in common or just because they're the closest one to you. You ain't got nobody else around. So you put up with your annoying neighbor because you ain't got no one else to talk to. Or maybe your friend is somebody at your job. So, you know, y'all have the same job. So you just assume because you have the same job that, you know, y'all cool with each other. That has to stop. From this point forward, you do not give to anyone who doesn't give to you. You do not fill up the cup. I'm sorry. You do not pour into the cups of people who do not pour into your cup. When you have traumatic life experiences, you are going to find out who your friends really are. And what I have found out through this car accident is that I truly have no friends in this world. Yeah, I have people who like me. I have people who admire me. I got followers. I got subscribers. Everything's beautiful on paper. Everything looks good on the internet. Everything sounds good on the podcast. But truly, I don't have anyone. I don't. No one in this world truly loves me. And now I'm okay with it because I realize that all the love and admiration and labor, free labor that I was giving to so many other people, I can now give to myself. You know, there are people who've known me for years in real life and online. When I told them that I was in a car accident, they they couldn't even cash at me $5. And these these are real life friends as well. Or should I say former friends? They couldn't even cash at me $5. Do you guys know that I didn't eat for two weeks when I, first, when I came home from the hospital? Do you guys know that even right now, in the month of August, I haven't, up until a couple days ago, I didn't eat for seven days? I'm most likely not going to be eating be- because for about another seven days. I don't even have food in my refrigerator. And not one person can cash at me $5. So with all that being said, why the fuck am I people pleasing? Why the fuck am I keeping my mouth shut when I'm being hated on insulted, used, overlooked, dismissed, or even on a lesser scale, just having energy vampires around me who want to be around Jenny because Jenny's the life of the party. 
Jenny's the cheerleader. Jenny's the big sister. Jenny's the sexy vixen. Jenny's the adaptable chameleon that can walk into any environment with any group of people at any income level and fit in because I know how to carry myself like a lady. And I also know how to whoop your ass like a thug too. So you want me around for protection too. A lot of people, they don't really like me, especially especially a lot of these MAGA people that I used to rock with. Truth is, they don't really like me. They just want to keep me around for protection. That's why they, that's why they keep me around. That's why they smile in my face because they know when some shit hits the fan, Jenny's the one who's going to jump in the fight. Right? So, I know, I know, I know I sound so bitter and so jaded, but it's actually the opposite. I am so full of love for myself and joy and exhilaration that for the first time at almost 41 years old, I actually get to choose myself. And I'm okay with choosing myself because the people that I was choosing before, they didn't choose me back. So choosing my, it doesn't need to be, see, see, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that I'm not in an either or position in my life. I don't have to choose between the love of a man or the love of a community or the love of a family and myself, because I have no man. I have no community. I have no support. I have no one to nurture me. I have no one to pour into my cup. I have no one to encourage me. I have no one to, to give me strength. I have no one that's going to be like, oh, you're hungry? Here's, here's, a, here's, here's a cash app, order a pizza. I don't have anyone like that. So because I don't have to choose between other people supporting me and loving myself, I have, by default, get to just love myself and not worry about what other people think because there's no one in my life whose opinion is is worthy of my consideration nobody with the exception of my father and my best friend there's nobody in my life whose opinion is worthy of my consideration because they ain't never done shit for me and even knowing that I'm a fucking cripple who can't walk they still didn't do anything for me. So what am I, what have I lost? What am I losing? What will you lose when your relationships become transactional? Are you going to actually you lose the utopia? Or are you going to lose the illusion of that utopia of everyone loving each other unconditionally? How many of you feel like the golden rule was a lie? How many of you feel like turning the cheek was a lie? How many of you feel like do unto others as you would have them do unto you was a lie? I'm beginning to see that that was that those are principles that can only be exercised in a fair world and in a fair reality. 
No one told us growing up that there were going to be predators and parasites and demons and narcissists and groomers and neggers and um, abusive people in the world. Because we probably thought abuse was normal growing up anyway. But we weren't warned. We were not prepared. We were not empowered. And we were not given the tools to decipher what is right for us and what is not. And that's why, again, confusion is, is our biggest problem more than pain. We can deal with pain. We can deal with heartbreak. We can deal with disappointment. It's the confusion that leads up to us that, re- that leads up to it that really kills us. So I'm going to do something a little bit different from, uh, from what I usually do when I do these song reviews in terms of Alanis Morissette's lyrics. There's a song from the Under Rug Swept album that is very interesting to me. It's a song called You Owe Me Nothing in Return. And I don't know if Alanis wrote this song because she was illustrating what it feels like to give someone unconditional love who deserved it. Or if she wrote this song to illustrate what it feels like giving unconditional love to someone who does not deserve it. Right? Because we have to be wise now. Remember, we have broken pickers tickers and radars and if you have a broken picker ticker or radar we have to be very very selective about what we give to other people and how much we give to other people right that's our problem as codependents so just listen to these lyrics and you can interpret the song however you want but the way that i'm going to interpret this song is that I'm going to interpret this song as sarcasm. I am going to interpret this song as what it feels like when you are giving your unconditional love to somebody who doesn't deserve it from you, okay? So here's the lyrics, and again, this is from the Under Rug Swept album coming out in 2002. I give you countless amounts of outright acceptance if you want it. I will give you encouragement to choose the path you want if you need it. You can speak of anger and doubts, your fears and freakouts, and I'll hold it. You can share your so-called shame. I'm sorry. You can share your so-called shame-filled accounts of times in your life, and I won't judge it, and there are no strings attached to it. You owe me nothing for giving the love that I give. You owe me nothing for caring the way that I have. I give you thanks for receiving. It's my privilege and you owe me nothing in return. You can ask for space for yourself and only yourself and I'll grant it. You can ask for freedom as well or time to travel and you'll have it. You can ask to live by yourself or love someone else and I'll support it. You can ask for anything you want, anything at all, and I'll understand it. And there are no strings attached to it. You owe me nothing for giving the love that I give. You owe me nothing for caring the way that I have. I give you thanks for receiving. It's my privilege, and you owe me nothing in return. 
I bet you're wondering when the next payback shoe will eventually drop. I bet you're wondering when my conditional police will force you to cough up. I bet you're wondering how far you have now danced your way back into debt. This is only this is the only kind of love as I understand it that that really is. You can express your deepest of truths even if it means I'll lose you and I'll hear it. You can fall into the abyss on your way to your bliss and I'll empathize it. You can stay you can say that you'll have to skip town to chase your passion and I'll hear it. You can even hit rock bottom, have a midlight crisis and I'll hold it. And there are no strings attached to it. You owe me nothing for giving the love that I give. You owe me nothing for caring the way that I have. I give you thanks for receiving. It's my privilege and you owe me nothing in return. So again, this song is like really beautiful in the sense of what unconditional love is supposed to look like. And in a perfect utopian world, this is absolutely 100% both enlightened and Christ-like. This is how this is how God wants us to love each other, 100%. This is how we as codependents want to be loved. We would love for someone else to give us freedom. We would love for someone else to give us space. We would love to have somebody who didn't judge us even if we wanted to go follow a stupid idea like making a podcast called Confessions of a Codependent, right? We would love for someone to not keep count with us. We would love for someone to not keep score with us. That's all we crave and that's the only, and that's what we've tried to give others we've tr- we've tried to love people this way but take yourself out of that utopian mindset take away all of the enlightenment and christ consciousness take away all the buddhist philosophy Take away all the chakra bullshit and the meditations and the I'm so fucking better. I'm, 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 I've reached it. I've attained it. Take all that away. And let's look at the reality of what human behavior is on this planet and in this society. We don't live in a world where people date for love. We live in a world where people date for supply. We don't live in a world where where employers treat their employees fairly. We don't live in a world where the friendship that we extend to other people is going to be reciprocated to us. And because we don't live in the world that world and also because once again our tickers pickers and radars are broken. It is now time for you to choose yourself. And as much as we would like to both give and receive the type of unconditional love that Alanis is talking about, the fact is it's not real. It's not possible. The enormous amounts of empathy and understanding and flexibility that we give to other people, they do not extend back to us. 
Very few do, if ever. So it is now time for you as a codependent and me as a codependent to give ourselves the permission to let people fucking go. Stop making excuses for your friends and family and employee employers to treat you like shit. Oh, well, you know, you never know what they're going through. You never know what they have on their plate. You never know what's having, happening behind closed doors. Fuck that. Fuck that. If you and I can suffer as, as much as we have and still maintain our integrity, then they can too. If you and I can suffer as much as we have and still be willing to give a homeless person a cigarette, they can too. If you and I have been as broke and financially unstable as we have and we will still give a friend $5 if all we got is 10 left, then they can too. They choose not to. And it is time to stop being so empathetic with the peasants and understand that as a person who is seeking healing, you are now royalty. Even if you're not there, even if you still got a chip on your shoulder, even if you got a bad attitude, you are still in the upper percentiles of people in this world who are trying to make a change for themselves, trying to be accountable, trying to be more honest, trying to be more integrous. Do you understand that just, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a crazy person or, or, or have delusions of grandeur here, but do you understand that by me making this podcast, that makes me better than 99% of the women in this world? That makes me more lovable, more dateable, and more healthy of a person to be in a relationship than 99% of the other women on the app? What the fuck am I walking around with my head held low for? And then the same goes for you. Do you understand by trying to address the addictions in your life that makes you better than most people? Do you understand? Do you realize that by you going to your meetings faithfully, that makes you a better fucking human being than 99% of the people walking around out here? Do you know that your desire for self-awareness, self-actualization, and self-control makes you a 10 times better person than everybody else around you? Give yourself some fucking credit, codependents. Be proud of yourself. Walk with your back straight because you're doing something that most people don't have the balls to do. So stop telling people and stop telling yourself you owe me nothing in return. Fuck that. You do owe me something in return. And if you don't want to give it to me, you don't get to be a part of my life anymore. It's not about control. It's not about control. It's not about control. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm being controlling. I don't give a fuck what other people do. I give a fuck how you treat me. I give a fuck how you interact with me. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Okay? How do you treat 
me. Because if you treat me badly, if you treat me inequitably, then we don't need to have a relationship. We don't, I don't need to work in this office. I don't need to work in this kitchen. I don't need to be in this relationship. I don't need to have you in my bed. I don't need to donate to your organization. I'm not going to buy a t-shirt for your fucking cause. I don't need to. I don't get any value. Your relationships from this point forward, codependents, they must be transactional because you don't have enough emotional currency to give anymore. You only have enough left for yourself and for those who have proven consistently that they care for you. I'm not saying throw people away. Listen, you know the real, you know the reality. You know who really cares for you and you know who you're pretending cares for you. Okay? And I notice I didn't say you know who's pretending to care about you. I said you know who you're pretending to care about you. Remember when I said that I was overvaluing myself in people's life? I thought because I cared about them that they cared about me and the truth was they didn't, right? So understand this. You know what your precious illusions are. You know what they are. You know what they are. I don't need to tell you. You know, you know when you're wearing rose-colored glasses. You know when you're making excuses for, oh, well, they're just going through something. Oh, my God, they're just, so, they're just going through something. They have their own stuff. They have their own needs. Oh, I, I, I need to minimize myself. Let me minimize myself again because they're going through something. Did, did they minimize themselves when you were going through something? Were they patient when you were going through something? Because if the answer is no, then their friendship, then they're not deserving of your friendship. They're not deserving of your labor. Okay, codependents? From this point forward, all relationships must be transactional. They, they must be equitable. They must be fucking equitable. And if they're not, you got to let them go. All right. I thought this was going to be a short episode. Clearly it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm going to wrap it up. Codependents, stand tall. Walk with your back straight. I don't care how much your parents abused you. I don't care how much your ex-wife or ex-husband abused you. You are special. You are in the advanced class of human development. Okay? Because you took the first step. You took the first step to come to these meetings. You took the first step to try to get a clean life and a clean mind and a clean conscience. You're better than these than the rest of these fucking people anyway. So why are you why are you giving them anything? They haven't earned it. But you you've earned it and you're continuing to earn it. So keep working your steps, keep working your programs uh for any of you who might be uh in 12-step for drug addiction, I want to applaud you as well, okay? Not just codependence, but anyone, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, I want to applaud you as well. I want to tell you how special you are for trying to get help. I don't care if you've only been clean and sober for one day. That's one day more than a lot of people. So stand tall, keep going to your meetings, 
Work the steps. It works if you work it.